Hello everyone and welcome back to the episode of the United District Podcast. It's been quite a hiatus, I know it's been a while since we put out an episode, uh, that's partly down to my laziness and uh, due to a few other things as well. I'm delighted to say that uh, we are back now though um, and I've got a few lovely guests uh, joining with me. First of all we've got Kane, Kane Smith, uh, he's an absolute writing magnifico for United District. Welcome mate, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks, Ryan, thanks for joining us as well, another uh, District loyal United, United Ryan and then we've got uh, a fantastic professional graphic designer in Frederick. Frederick, welcome as well to the podcast, mate. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, it's good to have you on, guys. Um, it's a delight to welcome you, although we will have to start on a bit of a negative note, I'm sad to say. I think, you know, the recency bias of it makes it very hard to ignore. You know, it's something that has, uh, you know, defined Manchester United season in a lot of ways. The loss of the Europa League final, obviously a loss on penalties, uh, 11-10 in the end on penalties. Um, a fantastic shootout quality-wise until the final one, I think it's fair to say. Um, but obviously, Manchester United were beaten in Gdansk. We'll start with you, Kane. What was your immediate reaction to that game and uh, how, it, how it panned out on the night in Gdansk? My immediate reaction was being very angry. <laughs> I think the, we, should have, we should have finished it in, um, in normal time. And once it got to um, penalties, I didn't really have much confidence yeah. I don't understand. The main thing I don't understand is why we made the uh, substitutes of Tellers and Matter in in like um, preparation for the shootout. Clearly, mm. but then didn't make the probably the most important shootout change. Henderson for the hair. It's just because obviously we've all seen on the rounds of Twitter the uh, his like save percent. What was it? I think um, John Harrison, really good goalkeeping. Um, yeah account he said that like the chances of a goalkeeper going 40 penalty shots in a row without a save was like a 0.04 chance and it was just like there was no way there was no way De Gea was gonna bail us out and obviously at the time I was a bit annoyed with him but in retrospect I think he would have he kind of done the best he could I guess but yeah um maybe not (laughs) Maybe not the best he could, but mm. it like I think we could have done better with Henderson in goal. So it was probably the poor decision by Oli mm. to change the shootout kickers, but not actually change the goalkeeper, who's mm. probably the most important person on the pitch when yeah. it gets to that point. No, I, I know what you're saying. I just think um, with regards to that, I think, you know, it's, it's a rare thing in football, really, the, the, the change of a goalkeeper. Like We don't see it very often, obviously. You know, Louis van Gaal, obviously, the World Cup is where it really springs to mind with, with Tim Krull. Um, and obviously, you know, Sarri tried to do it at Chelsea and was obviously, you know, interrupted by, you know, Kepa abstaining and not leaving the field. Uh, but, but apart from that, we haven't seen it loads of times. And for me, that's just where I think, you know, it, I can see why people are saying it's a change that should have been made. But in the same vein, you know, we've trusted De Gea throughout this Europa League campaign and he had been reliable reliable for us up until that point. Um uh, and you know, I, I do see what people are saying on that, though. Ryan, what do you think about about the whole the whole night and and the and the shootout? Really, um, disappointed to not win. Obviously, uh, I think on paper, even with the absences of Maguire, Fred, Martial, that's the team we should be beating. Um, in game management, I think we all agree. Like lack of trust in the subs seemed to be really evident. And then as the game progressed, even like Kane said. Um, the lack of substitutions that made sense in the shootout. So, you know, taking Pogba off, putting on like Dan James, Fred, uh, and then the most important is Dean Henderson. Um, 
other sports you'll see specialists brought in for certain situations, whether it's American football, baseball, uh, even basketball, like you'll have depending on circumstances. And so it looks like there's a, I'm not sure how to phrase it, but just a lack of, of leadership from Ali in that, in that regard, not knowing how to manage the situation. Um, but I think the biggest highlight for me was how important Harry Maguire was. Um, someone who gets a lot of disrespect from a lot of people due to his price tag. And I think we'll almost all agree that it is probably too high. Um, but I think with the how Luke Shaw played, how Marcus Rashford played, um, even Victor Lindelof is missing passes that he normally hits easily. Um, the goal that we conceded is exactly where you expect him to be um, and just a really, really big miss. And uh, hopefully that highlights how well or how important he is to our side. No, I think, I think you're spot on. And I think that's a lot of thing that, you know, a lot of us have pointed out, you know, after the game, you know, Maguire's absence was obviously, um, you know, very prominent in the, in the way that we played, you know, and I've seen some argue that perhaps, you know, that set piece gets dealt with should Maguire be on the pitch. I'm not sure how much I agree with that because we've seen set pieces. Uh, otherwise, I think, you know, yeah. Everton, Everton at home springs to mind in a game where Maguire was actually a man playing people on side for that one. So, so I don't know about that. I think you can overanalyze things, you know, especially with, with mm-hmm. regards to goals. But no, I think you're spot on. Um, his absence was was certainly felt. Frederick, what were your thoughts then on the night? Uh, I think you know the other two boys have you know put put the nail on the head really with, with regards to disappointment. Uh, is, is there any other thoughts you add on it? Yeah, it's the same. I feel like it kind of it's very annoying to go out on a penalty shootout, especially mm. that close, like eleven. If you like, it's it's kind of the closest uh, game you could possibly have in the final to go that far in the penalties. Yeah. So like, if you like. If it's super cross that we could win, like one miskick from the Valeria players, but it happens. Yeah, and as, as I said, it's a super like bummer way to go out because I feel like we have a had a pretty good season overall, especially in the league. So losing like final the match, losing a final is it sucks. But um well yeah, hopefully hopefully Ole and the rest of the United people know where we need to be strengthened and they would do that in the summer. Hopefully, we can actually do some sensible transfers for once. Yeah, you'd hope so. And I completely agree with what you're saying. It's funny, isn't it? You know, this, this the whole season sort of, well, for a lot of people anyway, emotionally, before you sort of stand back and look at it properly, it, you know, it all hinged on one kick, really. You know, if De Gea slots his kick home, a sausage dad player misses, whatever, we end up winning that game. I think, you know, the, the tone around, well, the tone around this podcast for a start will be different, but the tone around... The rest of the uh, rest uh, around the rest of the fan base would be, you know, very different. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go on to that now. Then, sort of looking back at the rest of the season, not to dwell on the the shootout on the final too much. Um, how do you guys think we, we fared in general across the season? Uh, we'll, we'll go in reverse all this time, Frederick. How would you sort of rate it out of ten? You know, looking at the season as a whole across, you know, all competitions. I mean, yeah, of course, uh, having the final loss in the mind is is to go uh, sad, but trying to be like objective. I feel like it was a good season overall. I feel mm. like there's like seven maybe, especially considering how many people didn't think higher of us before the start of the season. And then we finished second in the league, which is, I think it's a pretty impressive, especially considering, yep. didn't we like have made 13, 50, 200 comebacks? I feel like that was impressive. We were unbeaten from home. Uh, I feel like when you take a step back and look at the season as a whole, it's so much uh, really positive, impressive stuff to take it with you. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the season. Uh, I wish, unfortunately, we win the Europa League, but 
Uh, I would say I would take a second place and no Europa League than like finishing fourth or fifth uh, with the Europe, Europa League. I feel like league uh, position is super important and a good way of telling where you are as a team. Mm. It's interesting. There's always that debate, isn't it? That toss up of, and you know, I think Solskjaer's commented on it himself with regards to what is a measure of progress. You know, Solskjaer's always pointing yeah. to the, the league being the sort of the more important measure in that sense. And then you've got the other side of the debate, which is, of course, you know, football's about winning trophies and, you know, especially to cover Manchester United stature and of our history should be winning trophies. So I think, you know, it's, it's an interesting debate. Uh, Ryan, wh- where do you sort of weigh in on how, how you see our season as a whole? Um, a little disappointing as I think we should be winning silverware at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I saw some very positive changes, which I was not expecting. Um, so my background is in athletic performance and training and then rehab. Um, and something I saw that was, I think Ali was quite poor at initially was his player rotation and managing injuries. Um, and I think this year to his credit, like we, of course, you're always going to have some, but if you look at all the other teams in the league that struggled with this condensed season, uh, you got to give Ali and his staff a lot of credit for maintaining, um, our, our player fitness. And it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, we, that some of that's going to be down to the players, like being willing to play through stuff like Rashford and stuff. Um, there's some questionable decisions there, but for the most part, we had our almost entire team for a really long time. Uh, when you look at Liverpool, uh, well, Leicester was the same way. You know, City just have ridiculous depth, so it's kind of unfair to kind of look at them. But I think that's something that Ali struggled with and he, he really improved, and so that gives me a lot of hope going forward. Um, I also like that he came out and said that basically he doesn't do the coaching. He does kind of everything else around the club and manages the rest. Um, So the issues we see on the pitch, I think, can be addressed without having to necessarily move on from him as manager. Um, I'm not I'm not sold on him as a manager. I think he might be better at a different role at the club, but I do think his importance is is really showing in how he's impacted the club in a positive way. So I don't know what the solution is there for him long-term. Um, but I will say this season has really kind of changed my stance on how I view him um, and, and the role he kind of plays at the club, which was, I think, something that is really good because I always give people the benefit of the doubt to prove me wrong. And I think he did that to an extent this year. So that's a good takeaway. Um, second place, you know, I don't think we were – any of us would were expecting that. Um, Grand circumstances were a little extreme, but he still got it done. So credit, mm. credit there. No, I think that's the general consensus across the fan base, really. Or I'd say for the for the most part, so you've got the, the extreme ends of the scale. But I think a lot of people have you know put it into context and said, yeah, no, no one really expects us to finish in this place. I think most of us were expecting a sort of a top four challenge, that sort of place, maybe possibly a third, you know, with, with a bit of luck. And obviously we've gone on now and gone to finish second, which I think, you know, is a positive thing. I think some people have, uh, like yourself, Ryan, in a way, you know, benefited the doubt and said, fair play, it's, he's done a decent job, at least in that respect of, of getting us there in the league. Kane, we'll go on to you then. What, what are your thoughts then in, in general, mate, on the season? Yeah, similar thoughts on the other two. But um, yeah, I think the, uh, the away record definitely is a point to look at. It's, very impressive ROA record this season. Mm. And um, yeah, especially after the bad, like uh, looking back to the start of the season, a bad start with no preseason. And it was, it would have been a, quite easy to carry on. We started poorly and not 
get up to speed so quick, but we started poorly and then got back up and um, done well to get second. And I think one thing I wanted to say was um, I've heard quite a few people say that we only got second because Liverpool's injuries or something like that. But also, you've got to also look back at, um, like Ryan said about squad management, it's a part of the game. And we've done better, we've done better than Liverpool. I mean, they, yeah. they put Fabinho back in, in, the, uh, in the back and since he um, came out, they could have maybe stuck with two, two of their um, less experienced centre-backs, kept yeah. him in the midfield and might have done better. But uh, back to United, um, I think we were joint top when Pogba got injured, probably our most important player at, the mo- at that moment in time. So I'm not going to say we would have went on to win the league, but it was a big injury at a, at a big time, which we people don't seem to uh, think about that. So mm. I wouldn't say Liverpool's injuries are too much of a reason for us finishing second this season. Uh, yeah, so I think league form, yeah, we've, we've done pretty well across the season. Uh, some dis- some there's obviously still a lot a lot to improve on. Obviously, we can't look over no silverware. Um, mm-hmm. We couldn't really go any further. Was it was it in the um, Carabao Cup that we uh, lost to Man- Manchester City? Or was yeah, that the, yeah, and, yeah. Um, I think if we win the Europa League, it could have been maybe an eight, but I'd may probably say a six out of ten. With no six six out of ten probably is a good shout. Um, with no silverware, but I think it was definitely it's definitely a year of progression uh, for the side. Easily, yeah. no, I completely agree. I think if I was to have to rate it as well, I think I'd put it in that sort of bracket, a, a sort of six, really. Um, yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think we're all in agreement. You know, we've seen progress. There's still some holes. I think you know, and we'll go on to in a little in a little while. You know, the transfer window. I think we're we're all in agreement that that's going to be a key window for United now to to push on. We've seen before United finish second, and uh, you know, not not having the best window. You know, league. I was talking about yesterday on the space. Uh, you know, was it Lee Grant, Fred, and Dallow? Uh, so you know, we need to improve upon that, and hopefully, you know, signs for quality players. But we'll get onto that in due course. Then we spoke a bit about the manager. We haven't really spoke about the squad as much. Um, we'll talk now about, you know, what, what sort of players really stood out to you guys. Uh, Ryan, I'll start with you. Which players this season for United do you think were you most impressed by or, or players that you were surprised by, most improved? Just what do you think, what do you think of the squad this season? Um, first and foremost, Luke Shaw. Uh, I I thought, I, I love Luke Shaw. I've had, you know, several of his kids, um, but I thought he was absolutely finished. Absolutely finished. Um, and to see him arguably be the best left back in the world this season um, and how, you know, Klopp's come out and said like he had to literally change the game plan in the game to stop him. And once he did, Liverpool just dominated us. And I think that shows how important he is. Um, you know, he's, he stayed fit. Like it, the eye test, it doesn't maybe look like he's as fit as possible, but when he's playing, that doesn't, that doesn't seem to be impacting him at all. So um, credit to him and the mentality he's shown to, to come back. And um, I know he's praised Ali a lot. And I think that was a big part of, of getting rid of Jose, you know, he may be the more accomplished manager. Um, but I think it was Nagelsmann who said in today's game, about 80% of coaching is just that player management. It's not in 20% tactics. And I think that's, that's really shown, um, 
because we have the talent and, you know, getting, getting Pogba happy, finding a way to get him into where he can impact the team in different roles. Um, that was really good to see. And then um, I think the last player I want to touch on is Cavani. So I was very, very against Cavani signing um, when we started. You know, I, I remember the comments from his agents a couple months before he signed saying that, you know, if he just cared about money, he would go to Manchester United. Then, you know, three months later, whatever it is on deadline day, you know, we sign him. Um, he's been incredibly um, wasteful in, in France before, um, you know, in a league that they create a lot of chances, so he will score but not clinical enough. And when we don't create a lot of chances, that was something I was concerned with um, higher wages. Um, and I, he, he had a rough start. I think we had a pretty poor win percentage with him starting out. Um, but again, he is someone that over the, over the season um, proved me wrong. And he was an incredible signing, not only to what he brought to the team through his goals and work rate, but I think it's shown on his leadership and how he's helping develop, especially Greenwood, um, getting through a really rough patch and just the persistence he shows. You know, my thing is I stopped complaining when Cavani would miss a sitter early on because literally every game he misses a sitter early on, he, he's scoring at least one. Um, and that's just a testament to the mentality he brought and, um, as one I was really happy to be proven wrong on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy you mentioned Cavani because I think, you know, people know around my thoughts on him. You know, he's, I think he's been excellent this season. And I think, you know, you say about the mentality, you know, obviously massive. And as, as you've said, with Greenwood, and I think the reason he gets so many chances, you know, everyone points to his movement. It's the, it is the case, though, for a striker of his, of his, of his sort of build and his calibre. He does, you know, get so many chances off his own accord. It's not just because, you know, he's being helped, you know, by fantastic playmakers such as Bruno Fernandes. But I think, you know, he, he helps himself in that regard with, with the way he gets himself about. So, yeah, I completely agree. And, this, you know, Luke Shaw, obviously, as well. Kane, which players this season have, have, uh, have sort of impressed you most? Uh, I, I'd say, well, I, I was going to say Shaw as well, but I'd yeah. go next, next to him. I'd say... Um, Harry Maguire. I'm just, mm. I'm really glad that he's now respected among the fan base because there was a point where maybe midway through this season, probably where it, he was really split to sit, split um, among the fan base still. And I, I've loved, uh, well, last season I, I really liked him, but it's this season where he's really, I think he has proven that he is a top, a really top centre back. I mean, most of our build up is through him and Shaw and Fred, maybe, but like he, he, controls our build-up almost and I think we with Rashford in respect like he he enjoys playing with him so much because that Rashford gets the opportunity to go one-on-one against so many fullbacks because Maguire can sometimes just whether it's an over over the top ball or like he breaks the lines and it's straight into Rashford's feet but um yeah I'm really glad that he's I think his injury as well <laughs> has show, shown people how much they how much he um, really helps United. So I'd say he's definitely one which I'm happy with this season. Um, to go with someone maybe a, li- a little less um, obvious, I'd, I've, I'd say I've been impressed with wan One, because he's played, he's started the most matches for United, hasn't he, this season, I'm pretty sure. So incre- I think in- that's an incredible stat, really, because... We thought that Williams might have had a um, 
increased role at right back, but he, that didn't really happen this season. So Juan Bissaka just had to take the position, all competitions on his own. And he's he's still limited, but I think he's improving going forward and he's had to do it without a real right winger in front of mm-hmm. him. So I think fair play to him this season because he's obviously had some rough patches and he's still questionable in possession. Uh, he's sort of a pressing trigger for some teams, but I think... He's only 23, so I think he's, he still has room to improve. And I think it's been a tough season for him because of how much he's had to play. But um, yeah, I'd say he's an outside shout for someone who's been a good player, a good player for United this season. I think we'd be a bit stuck without him there, obviously, mm-hmm. because uh, we don't really have anyone else. But yeah, yeah I'd say him. I, I was obviously going to echo what Ryan said about Shaw, because I, th- I think one thing is um, Tellez... Is a good, he's a good backup, but when your left back is so important to your team, and Tellez comes in and he's not, he's not, he's not as good as Luke Shaw is. It um, looks as if he's not a, as good of a backup, but I think he is a good backup. But it's just Shaw's so important for us. So I think that's a testament to Shaw. But yeah, I'd say those, the, those three. Um, yeah. No, I think I think all very agreeable, and I'm happy that you've um, gone with Wambasaka really and, and mentioned him because I think he's a player that. Does get, he does get quite a lot of stick actually? I think this season more than more than the the one before that. Um, but I'm still a fan of him. For me, should still be a starter in my eyes. It's not really a position we should be desperately looking at to, to replace him with. But as some people may say, you know, I know some people you know look at the United tradition and such and say he's not good going forward. But I'm not really of that opinion. I think if you put a good right winger in front of him, he wouldn't have that. Um, you know, he wouldn't it wouldn't need to go forward as much, wouldn't be relied on as much going forward. So, yeah, no, uh, good, good suggestions there. Frederick, I, I guess, you know, you've drawn the, straw, the short straw going last year. You know, a lot of players have been mentioned. Is there any others or any of the ones you'd like to echo from the other two lads? No, I feel uh, I'm glad Lucho was one player I was going to say as well. He's been super impressive as well as Magari and Cavani. I, feel, uh, I might be wrong here, but I feel like I think someone did a stat where out of all the players in the Premier League who had at least 25 shots, Cavani had the highest scoring rate yeah. or accuracy. So that's yeah. pretty impressive. Uh, also in terms of Tamasaka, I feel like, and then out of like legacy, we have had Neville for like 10, 20 years and he scored like four goals in a mm. decade. So it's not sort of legacy for them to have a goal scoring fullback, uh, but we need good right wingers as well. And I don't feel like we have a both our right winger at 10 years. This uh, Ahmad is might be one uh, he's impressive, but like trying to speak about a player who we haven't mentioned, I feel like Rashford in terms of his injuries. I feel like he's been injured now for like the third season. Yeah, he's been putting up. He's he's a fourth in Champions League scoring list, and he's had over ten goals and other assists, and he's been great both left and right. He's he's been I've been really impressed by him uh, doing this and doing things off field. Yeah, I feel like that's amazing. I also want to like, uh, since we've spoken so much about the player, I want to feel need to shout out the medical staff because I feel like United have had so many injuries uh, since Fergie and even during his last season. And now we have played the most games we have ever been in years, and our injuries have been relatively super good. I'm actually very impressed how we have managed to maintain uh, all the players, and we haven't rotated that much. So. Uh, if it's social, if like, someone has done the job, and I'm happy with them. But yeah, yeah. Rashford, uh, Maguire, Luke Shaw, super person. And of course, Bruno, but I feel like that's obvious to say. I yeah. want to say, I, I've enjoyed watching when McTominay is 
on his game. He's super fun to watch, like against Leeds, and uh, he was super good in the finals. Well. So yeah. I feel like he can, he can be so frustrating when he's bad, but when he's good, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to watch him. So uh, hopefully he can like sort out his bad stuff and be a quality squad player. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's it's interesting on McTominay as well because there was a time was, the Leeds game is is one of the obvious ones. And yeah, recently the final. But after that Leeds game specifically, I remember thinking now that he might sort of go on a fantastic run of form and be this incredible sort of marauding box-to-box player that, that we've seen he can be. You know, he's lethal in front of goal for a central midfielder, McTominay. We've seen that time and time again. Um, and there's a time where I thought he was going to kick on and he didn't really, uh, you know, manage to do so. But yeah, obviously in the final was, you know, without doubt, probably our best player. I'd say one of maybe three or four players that turned up on that night. I'd probably say, you know, him and yeah, maybe a bit of bias. But Cavani, I thought, you know, tracking back was good in that game. And I thought Luke Shaw was decent in that game as well, apart from yeah, that. Cavani ran so much. I yeah. remember seeing the game. He ran up and down the pitch. He was like his uh, third centre forward. That was yeah. insane. Was, I thought he would like, He's already he doesn't press that much, but I'm mean, really impressed with his like pressing and overall this season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was amazing. No, Cavani's I... really put our other um, attackers to shame in, yeah. in the yeah. in the pressing in the pressing. I think I feel like, like it's is it easy target to say Martial, but if you compare him with Martial, it's <laughs> yeah, it's kind of I feel like it's unfair to Martial, but yeah. Uh, hopefully, if he stays, he should learn a bit from him, if that's okay to say. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Looking ahead, then we'll talk about the transfer window and you know any you know if Martial's you know future is confirmed or, or what's going to happen with that. A bit as we've already sort of alluded to, a big summer ahead for United. Now there's, there's got to be a few big signings, there's a few big holes, I'd say, in that starting eleven that still yeah. need filling. And I think there's some squad positions as well. Fred, we'll start with you then. Uh, back back to you straight away. Keep you on your toes. Uh, what sort yeah. of players and positions do you think United should be targeting this summer? I mean, I, I always really loved Kane, so me saying he should be on number one target is a bit biased. Uh, but I feel like he's like, he's also someone who can help defensively and he has got the most assists, the most score. I'm like, I've been in love with Kane for like three years. I, I, did, I did work for him uh, one time, so right. I'm a bit biased with that. Yeah, I made <laughs> some graphic for him. And of course, Holland, but I'm Norwegian, he's Norwegian, so uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm super biased with that. But yeah, I feel like Kane, if you can get Kane also, Kane going to City, I feel like it would be such a bad thing for us because there would be even more like uh, dominating. And so if it's possible, I would love to have Kane. Um, and also feel like we should get Sancho. It's obvious if we can have Sancho, we should take him. I personally want to see Kane over Sancho. I feel like we need Sancho more in the team, but we need to get Kane over City more than we need Sancho, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, okay. Also, uh, yeah. yeah. Also getting uh, Rice or someone who could like, if we could manage to play Bruno Pogba in front and then a defense, defensive midfielder, like City does with De Bruyne and uh, whoever, and then for uh, Fernando Rodri, I feel that could be super important. So if Rice is available, and uh, we should go for him. No, I think two great suggestions there, and two players I've always earmarked. I think you know, I think you know, I've said for a couple of seasons now, Declan Rice is a perfect Nemanja Matic replacement in my eyes. I think they're of a similar mould. You know, that those that sort of tall uh, midfielder can break up play. You know, happy to sit in front of that back line, protect it, and free up those around them. So I think you know, great suggestion with Rice, and everyone knows my thoughts on Kane as well. I'm biased with Kane. He's he's one of my favourite players at a rival club. You know, people you know talk about. 
goal scorers. He's, he's, he spangs in goals, but he's more than that as well. His link-up play is absolutely phenomenal. One of the best I've probably ever seen on a striker. Um, you know, I think only maybe, you know, you can sort of compare him to his Rooney with the way that he drops deep and, and links play and scores yeah. the goals as well. Um, so, yeah, completely agree on, on both fronts. And I, I know what you're saying with the Sancho versus Kane sort of debate. I know some people won't agree with that. I think I think I'm on your side though with it. I think the way Kane just transforms a team, and don't get me wrong, I love Eddie Cavani, and I, I, he'll still be there to play a role next season either way. But um, yeah, Kane's a magnificent player. Ryan, what players are you thinking? Uh, well, I will 100% go for Jane Sancho over Harry Kane. Um, not that I don't respect Kane and you know what he can bring to the team. Um, I just feel with what we have already established, uh, Jane Sancho is a little bit more important. Mm. We have a lot of all of our forwards for the most part, they look to score. And Kane, I know, can can link up quite well. Um, but I think we can really use that creative outlet and someone looking to assist first. Not to mention, we have not addressed the right wing since Nani. So um, that's, that's a really, really big issue. Um, and I think that would, again, help. We talked about this a little bit earlier, help on Basaka a lot. You know, take a lot of that pressure off because we don't have someone who can hold that with currently. We don't have someone creating. Um, if we want to maximize the players we have, we need to get them opportunities. And I think Sancho allows us to do that. Um, obviously, Kane's going to create a lot. So uh, I wouldn't be upset. But my other, my other issue with Kane is going to be price. And do you really want to fund a rival's rebuild? And they'll, they'll probably get the money anyways. Um, but knowing United and how we negotiate, I have to assume that we'd give Spurs more money than anyone else would. Um, even if the, like the price may be, you know, 120 and we'll end up giving 150. That's just how we operate. And we're just so poor in that, um, in that money. We have a lot of, uh, a lot of issues that need to be addressed for quality players. We can't just keep buying backups. So Sancho is a more affordable price where we're going to be targeting something we haven't had and hopefully we can go in there and spend more money um like on someone like rice i think that would be the next most important issue because our defense obviously could use some upgrading but a lot of our defensive issues are coming from midfield and not protecting the defense um, or even from our forwards and just bad pressing and uncoordinated pressing and it just pulls our whole team in then our defense is exposed again. So whereas we could look at a center back, and I know we're heavily linked to some. Um, I pray we don't get Pau Torres, but discussion for another time. Um, I just think they're better fits. But uh, Rice and Sancho would definitely be top two priorities for me. No, again, fair shout. I think, you know, the, these are all names that, uh, that have been mentioned with the United Rebuild, obviously all, all English players as well. Um, you know, obviously that's been something that has been, you know, related to Wally's sort of rebuild, the English sort of contingency that he seems to be building at the club. And as you say there, I, um, I can only think when you were talking about the Kane and uh, the Kane sort of deal, how that'd be done, of the, you know, the meme of the two clowns fighting. That's all I could think about with, with, with regards to a boardroom of Levy and Woodward trying to strike a deal. I can imagine it'd be something of a sitcom to watch uh, if there was a fly on the wall for that one. But uh, yeah, moving on to you then, Kane. Um, again, you've drawn the stro- short straw last year um, with, with regards to players. Who, who, would you, who would you be targeting this summer? Um, just to start, and I, with Kane, I, I, I thought it was a good point that Frederick said where 
San, well, I've, it seems that Sancho for me is a more important player, but it is true that if City get get Kane, it's kind of a um, if we can if we can get Kane instead of City getting him, it's yeah take a but take the bullet kind of thing. Well, obviously not take the bullet, but it would be stopping them from almost becoming too good to uh, compete with. But yeah, I uh, personally I do I do agree with Ryan that Sancho is just um, too uh, he's too important to our our front line because we're missing that real creator. Um, Pogba can do it when he plays on that left hand side, but um, yeah, Sancho would bring a proper. Um, I heard it, someone say it in the Discord uh, um, in the um, Twitter live earlier uh, the other day where they said um, he's a pass first player, and um, I like that because it's true. Like you've got Rashford and he's improving in his creativity. Greenwood's got a great cross on him sometimes, and um, Martial obviously when he's fit he can uh, be somewhat creative. But they're all they all look to score, whereas Sancho would bring a bit of balance to our front line. I think. Um, yeah, he's. De- I think he's definitely our most important. We need to get him. We missed out on him last summer. We need to get him this summer. Otherwise, I really I don't. I don't know what we're gonna do. But um, yeah, he's he's the priority. I'd say. Um, I would like for if it, obviously there's. Um, I'd say there's more important. I'd say DM is the second most important um, position. But if we can get in someone to um, help Wambasaka at right back, I think because I don't. I don't think Williams is um, ready to play or maybe start 15 to 20 games a season. So I'd say maybe, maybe get a, um, there's rumours for Trippier. I've never really, I've never really been a big fan of him, but he's apparently had a um, good season or well, we had a good start to the season before he got um, his ban. Um, so maybe a backup right back, but I'd say the two, the two, I think everyone knows it. The two most important positions are right wing and, um, a DM. I think a centre back would help as well. But if I could just, if I, I would much rather stick with Lindelof and um, Maguire if we could get a top class DM in, because I think that um, they'd be a lot more protected. Rice is the obviously the obvious shout. I don't. I I've um, I'm pretty sure Jack the other day said um, about Locatelli. I've never watched. I've never watched him, but apparently he's um, a good shout. Um, but out of the ones that I've watched, I. Declan Rice again is like is the um, only one that I'd say would really suit us. It would, the price tag will be an issue, but obviously with Jesse Lingard, we've got a bit of a um, bit a bit of a point to go on there. Um, but I think Declan Rice would be the main shout. I think um, he'd go really next well next to either McTominay. Well, not really well, but either either next to McTominay or Fred because they. They both prefer to be the presser, but ne- neither of them really have the defensive nous that Rice has. And I've noticed that when I've watched him, that he does slot into positions. He can play centre-back, so he, he kind of knows. I get Well, McTominay plays centre-back for Scotland, but his positional sense is definitely not one of a centre-back. So, But Rice does have that. He knows when to drop. I think uh, that's what I've noticed when he, he can drive forward as well. We see, we've seen it... Um, He's got a really good dribble success rate in Europe, I'm pretty sure, because um, when he does go, he does it well. But he ne- I think he's got a good positional sense, which could definitely help the other centre midfielder, which he plays with. Because if it's um, not Pogba and Pogba's playing further forward, if it's either Fred or McTominay, but neither of them really have the defensive nous, which he does, which I think he that would bring 
a lot more defensive stability to our side. So yeah. I think he's he's very important if or another alternative, but that's the one that he's the one which is on everyone's lips. No, I completely agree. And I think that that's been the problem with McTominay and Fred, or at least for a lot of people. And I think for me is that they have to play together for some reason. They can't, one of them by themselves can't provide stability for the rest of the midfield. They have to play as a pair, um, you know, and, and that's a shame really, because then you you lose, you know, a Pogba or a Fernandes or whoever it is who's sacrificed. It happens very rarely, is it Fernandes or Pogba? He usually, only usually plays one of them, you know, wide to try and fit them in. Um, but, you, but you lose a, a midfielder there really. And I think if you could play, as you say, Rice, you know, as a, as a sort of single pivot with Pogba and Fernandes ahead of him, I think you're dancing really. And obviously, you know, you mentioned there, if we sign Sancho, you've got a really good spine there and a, and a really good attack as well. So I have to see what happens. The only worry for me with Sancho is if if it's not Sancho, who's it going to be? I think this is always the problem last summer, really, when we started sort of clambering towards the end of the window, scuppering, trying to find an alternative, you know, Usman and Ballet and names like that who are just... They're, they're subpar really aren't they I mean I don't really mind Usman Dembele as a player he's obviously made a glass but apart from that a talented player um, that, that's the only problem for, for me really but yeah we'll see what happens in the summer and I think it comes back to Frederick's point about Kane similar to Sancho if, if Sancho goes to a rival I mean that's going to be a, a kick in the balls really isn't it? especially yeah. if he goes to say you know a Chelsea who are you know as, we, as we've just seen um, Champions League winners so we'll have to we'll have to see about that then going forward Um We'll move on to, to another topic then, the final topic really of the, of the podcast. It is another signing, um, a signing that has been spoken about basically every summer since he left. That's the uh, return of Cristiano Ronaldo. Doing the rounds on Twitter again, quite a large uh, debate, interesting points from both sides. Interested to hear where you guys stand on this. What, what do you guys think about bringing Cristiano Ronaldo back to Old Trafford? Kane, we'll start with you. One thing, I, the first thing is I find funny that I've seen on Twitter is these the links which with Ronaldo this season that it seems like they've actually got some weight a little bit of weight to it. Whereas yeah. previous seasons it's mainly just been the clickbait, and yeah. people were so accustomed to the clickbait Ronaldo stories that everyone's refusing to believe it. But it seems that there could there's a possibility. And um, listen, no, everyone wants to see Ronaldo. But, uh, uh, tactics kind of tactics go out the window in your head because you just think. Ronaldo, Ronaldo seven back at United, it would be a dream. I think as long as uh, I think if as, if we got got our um, priorities in as, as alongside it, I I'm fully for it. But I uh, it's just it just seems like a classic Glazer move to just only like focus only on Ronaldo and maybe just just bring him in just to get everyone's ha- hopes up and get everyone's happiness and then kind of forget about a right winger or a DM and just, but um, yeah, I, I think everyone wants to see him back. Um, and I think he could stay, he definitely could still do it for a couple of seasons at least, which uh, would be amazing to watch. But yeah, um, I don't, I still, I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be a, it would be a great story. Ryan, your thoughts. I mean, how can you say no? Um, my my first, I was kind of worried about it. Um, but after really sitting down and thinking about it, I think about when he came to the club initially and why, why did he develop? Why is he the player he is now? It's because he was probably surrounded by world-class players that teach taught him how to be a professional. And this is a job. It's it's a learned thing. It's not just about the skills, but it's mentality. And I don't think there's anyone in the sport that has a better mentality than him. 
Um, and that's something that our, our team sh- clearly lacks. Like they, we, we say that they're bottlers, like for the last four years, like it's been the constant theme. Cristiano Ronaldo is not that he, if when he goes out of games or when his teams go out, it's not due to him. Like his record in the clutch games is, is better than anyone. Um, and so I think that's a huge part of what we need. If Ali talked about the culture a lot and who better than him um, to bring through and help coach these, these young kids. Cause we do have a very young side. Um, that being said, it can't be at the expense of someone like Sancho and Rice or Deanne or someone like it doesn't have to necessarily be those two players, but we need quality that can come in as a first team player because we still have to look at that long-term project because um, we are building and we can't just throw everything out the window for someone who is going to be aging. Um, do I think he can get it done? Yes, but he is getting up there in age and the premier league is not Syria. Um, and so there is a little bit of an unknown to what level he'll, he'll be able to, to play in England still. Um, but this one, I, I kind of have to trust Ollie and if, if we get him, great. Um, if not, you know, it wasn't meant to be. Um, and then I wish him all the best wherever he goes or wherever he plays. Yeah, that's the interesting thing, really, isn't it? If if not here, where? And if he does, you know, if he does leave you, then it's, I mean, the, the options do seem limited, really, don't they? I think for PSG, him, I think PSG. Like that. yeah, yeah, I think that that's about it. It's us, it's PSG. People said the MLS. I'd be very surprised no, if Chris Manorado no, went to the MLS. Yeah. yeah. At this age, I'd, I'd be very surprised. I still think he's got another couple of years in him. And I think he'll, he'll want to. Selfishly, I would love for him to come to the <laughs> MLS so I can I can hopefully go catch some games. But uh, yeah, he's too good still. Like mm. he just won the Golden Boot. Like he, he can still get it done to some degree in Europe. So no, absolutely, I agree. I think everyone knows where I stand on this one. Frederick Ronaldo back. Could it happen? Will it happen? Should it happen? Yeah, I feel like me taking like a cold stance and like being logical, I'm like, can we just sign Cavani and then should we sign another aging um, striker who can really play wide? Because with Martial and Rashford, we know they can play striker, but they also play wide, so we can change tactic. Doesn't really make sense, but also, you know, emotionally, it's Ronaldo. You can't really say no to him. And I feel also uh, the mentality is something you can't really. Um, rate or grade mentality because it's hard to like uh, say oh he has that most accuracy mentality you just someone has it and he obviously has I feel like the best best mentality I feel like he's tough guy to like raise the level of every other player in the team you see that with Bruno when he came in we like the whole team started to play a bit better so I feel like he have that kind of impact uh, so and also as Ryan said as long as he doesn't get in the way of Sancho, Kane, Rice, something like that, uh, I'm not going to say no to him. If Ole feel like he is a good uh, fit, let's go for it. Uh, of course, I hope Emi Cavani can play less because I don't feel like we could play Cavani and Ronaldo at the same time. That could be difficult tactically. It's not possible. Mm. But yeah, uh, it's... You know, uh, if you like just look at the stats, like okay, all player that that I wish wouldn't do it, but it's Ronaldo. He's like he is. You can't really look at him as a stat. He is such a mad player, so it's hard to say no. But he's, he should not be our main focus. Maybe like fourth or ter- third. 
Yeah, I uh, think that's what I feel about it. Yeah, I think we've all sort of set up, we're all in the same thinking is that this is a special case. This isn't just, you know, a random 36-year-old who's, who's scored. You know, Fabio Quagliarella, for example, in, in Serie A last season or the season before, wasn't it, where he scored, you know, won the golden boot in the league. I don't think anyone would be asking for Quagliarella to be United's main target. But this is Cristiano Ronaldo. We've seen what we can do. We've seen what we can do in the Champions League. You know, we've already mentioned the mentality, everything about it, everything about Ronaldo is, is a special case and something that has to be looked at differently to, I think, yeah. any other player. If I can, uh, it's hard, it's easy to say, like, oh, it's harder to be in Premier League. I feel like for some people it is, but also we need to remember that Bale struggled in the Liga and he just came in here and scored 20, 10 goals or something in yeah. the Premier League. And so I feel, and Cavani also, also an old, pe- old guy who also scored 10. So I feel like it's a bit of an easy argument to say, oh, he's old, he wouldn't do it in Premier League because it's, it's not low. I feel like he can do it everywhere as a pure goal scorer. Oh, absolutely. And he's, he's done it here before, for a start. You know, he may have aged yeah. it, but, you know, he, he gets it. He, he understands how to play here. It's nothing new to him. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think, you know, if the opportunity's there, I, for me, a no-brainer. I think, obviously, we know the Glazers. We know how, what they'll be thinking about, the the sales, the marketing, everything that goes with it, that, that Juventus have already sort of reaped the benefits of. And sort of, I think, you know, they've, they've rinsed it as much as they can now. And, you know, if they're willing to move him on, then I think we should be all over that. Gents, I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm. I'm pretty sure. If we announced Ronaldo back, I think it would break Twitter. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it would break Twitter. One hundred percent. No doubt, it'd break all sorts of records. I'm sure. And, you know, the Glazers would be buzzing with that. You know, which is, you know, that's the only downside of it. They, they get a kick out of that one. Um, but yeah, I think for me, a no-brainer. Gents, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you all for joining me, uh, Kane, Ryan, Frederick. Thank you all for coming on. Thank you to everyone for listening. I apologise uh, for the delay in getting this one out. It's been a, it's been a while, but hopefully we can get back. You know, now and uh, produce them consistently. I don't know if any of you boys had any last words or any self-promotion you'd like to do. Kane, I'll to go to you first, mate. Uh, uh, thank you for having me on. Find me on Twitter, Kane Smith, MU. But yeah, thank, thanks. I've really enjoyed it. No worries, mate. Thanks for coming on. Ryan? <laughs> Probably help if I unmute myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just thanks for having me on. Uh, really good talking with you guys. Um, don't follow me on Twitter. I'm not any good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Too humble. Cheers, Ryan. Uh, Frederick, any last words, mate? Yeah, thank you as well. It was a pleasure to be here. And uh, I already have way too many followers, so I don't need more. <laughs> uh, if you need more, probably you can find me, but you don't need to follow me. I just tweet the uh, pictures and some weird Norwegian twist stuff. So, yeah. Again, That's far all. too humble. Far too humble. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks to all the listeners as well. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Catch you on the next one. Cheers.